What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupageyser, and I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. But before we bring Caleb in here, make sure you're smashing the like button. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button so you're knowing every single time that we got a show coming up, which is every single week. We're here to talk some Chiefs football. And uh, in the comments, leave us uh, your prediction for the Chiefs-Bills game. I want to hear from you guys out there. What do you think is going to happen in this Bills game? It's obviously a huge game already, week five. But, Caleb, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. It is uh, glad to see the uh, Kansas City Chiefs back in the dub column. column. Uh, There's obviously a lot to work on still for the team, but uh, I thought they they did have some very impressive moments in this game. Versus Philadelphia, but, you know, just kind of looking around some of the league news, we got a lot of interesting things going on around the league. You know, you got the whole Urban Meyer saga and then more pertaining our things here in Kansas City. Um, Josh Gordon seems to have been signed to the to the regular squad pretty quickly after signing them. It might make you wonder, was this kind of in the plans somewhat, you know, somewhat since the season has started? I don't know, but well, definitely a lot of news going on today in the NFL, around the NFL. Yeah, I mean, if you think the Chiefs defense is bad, imagine being the, in the Urban Meyer situation. <laughs> that is much worse <laughs> that is for sure but uh yeah a lot of a lot of stuff going on in week five a huge matchup with the buffalo bills coming up um but before we get to that let's uh let's talk and recap a little bit of this uh this eagles eagles chiefs game and i guess we'll just start what uh what are your immediate reactions what are your immediate thoughts on that game the offense is incredibly when i say incredibly good i mean this is probably this could be the best Chiefs offense we've ever seen play football because outside of the first half week one, they have just, they've looked dominant across the board in every phase of the game, except for, you know, turning the ball over a few times. They've been sensational. On the flip side of things though, the reason why people aren't fired up because, you know, generally when you see an offense perform like that, it fires you up. The defense has been equally bad to the offense's good. And when I say equally bad, they just came out of a no-punt football game versus the Philadelphia Eagles, and they gave Jalen Hurts his gold jacket right after the game because the Chiefs actually put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one thing just to get beat, but you see the defense out there. I've seen clips all over the place today. There, there's confusion, and I know everyone's arguing what's the big issue with it right now, and I, here's what I think. I think that the Chiefs get no pass rush. They make up for by having slow linebackers, and they compound all that with confusion in the secondary, and that's kind of the result of it right now. I don't mean to start the show off all Debbie Downer. That's not really who I am. But when you're that level of stink, you got to be addressed at some point. Yeah, they, they are the max level of stink right now, I would think. Um, you could put it defensive, defensively-wise, but it is funny. You look at uh, – there's some, you know, stuff floating around Twitter, um, guys doing their their charts and stuff, and, and Ben Baldwin is a guy who, who puts out some pretty good stuff, pretty good data and stuff like that, um, which I highly recommend going following him on Twitter. But he puts out his chart for the EPA per play. And, and charts every single team and just kind of shows it after every week where people are and you'll, you'll look and you'll find Kansas city and they are way far ahead of everybody offensively. 
per play. And then if you look where they are defensively, they are way underneath everybody <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball too, on EPA per play. So it, it's, it's it, like you mentioned, it is equally bad on defense as it is good on offense. So let's, let's start with the bad and, and let's start with defense because uh, there, there's, for me, there's a bunch of things going on and I kind of tweeted it out <laughs> the other day that there was like a list of stuff that I thought was, was going on with the defense. And, you know, I think that will help when we get um, some of our players back. They announced today that Willie Gay could be close. He might be coming off of IR. I think that will be just a monster, monster input to the defense just because of his athleticism. They are so unathletic right now, still at linebacker. And I think this was really the first game that we kind of saw Nick Bolton get really exposed with that. The Eagles had a clear offensive game plan, and it was to attack their linebackers with the tight ends and with the running backs in the flat and make them chase guys, and, and they just couldn't do it, right? Um, they just did not look good. I mean, the other thing is they're missing Trevarius Ward. They're missing Rashad Fenton. The, those are two guys that are in the normal corner rotation. Ward's a starter. Fenton's been a solid um, contributor, whether it be nickel or dime packages. They're, you know, they're missing Frank Clark. We haven't seen him all year. Um, in, in, you know, that I think just injecting those guys back in the lineup is going to help some because right now they are just lacking some talent in some spots, I think. It's going to help some for sure, but there's also a lot of bad to where those three guys I don't think are going to solve the problem by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, and, sure. you know, people are going, is it the defensive backs? Is it the linebackers? Is it the defensive? It's everything. There's nothing you can pinpoint. Like 2018, at least we could pinpoint and say, well, linebackers are really slow. Secondary is really bad. At least our pass rush can get home. At least we have a good defensive line. Now it's, you know, Chris Jones looks like he's playing out of position. He hasn't shown a whole lot since that first game against Cleveland. Teams have really been taking advantage of him out there or him not being able to really generate as much pass rush. They can still slide protect even by himself, even when he's by himself. Because, you know, Jerron Reed hasn't shown much and the Chiefs haven't gotten anything out of any other defensive lineman that's here except for Mike Dana. And Mike Dana's a good player. We like him a lot. A lot of his sacks, though, you know, the three he's got in the season, there are a lot of effort plays, a lot of good coverage down the field, plays where the quarterback has had to hold the ball for a long time. So it's not like they're just going in and smoking people off the edge. But for me, I mean, it does always start up front in football and the defensive line's lack of pass rush. You know, I know it doesn't make a giant difference when they're getting the ball out of their hands so quickly, but it just seems like they the front four can't do anything right now by themselves. The only pressure time the Chiefs can really get pressure is if the quarterback has to hold the ball for an excessive period of time or if the Chiefs are speeding something up off the edge. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I agree with a lot of those points. And I'm, my list that I tweeted out on Twitter was uh, just going down the line, no particular order, poor tackling, lack of discipline, lack of pass rush, lack of disruption along the front, poor cornerback to play, lack of athleticism and safety, specifically Sorensen and linebacker, obvious, totally out-schemed in the red zone, and they can't defend an up-tempo offense to save their life still. We, we've seen this, and this is this comes down to, to some coaching things for, with me, where you, you mentioned the confusion at the beginning of the show here and you can see it. And especially when teams go fast, the chiefs defense is completely lost. They have no idea what they're doing. They're not getting lined up. Guys are running wide open. You have two or three guys covering one guy at times. 
and it's just complete and utter awfulness on every side of the ball. Um, you know, first, if you can't get a line, you can't play. And that's just a basic rule of football. That's something that, you know, I'll, I'm teaching my high school athletes right now is that if you can't get lined up, you can't play. It's very simple. And we saw this against the Chargers. Um, they got beat on, uh, on touchdowns. And we talked about this, a touchdown, a two-point conversion and a, and a critical fourth down. They got beat because the team, because the Chargers went up tempo. And we saw the Eagles go up tempo and they were completely lost again. Just anytime the Eagles went up tempo, they were just gaining yards in chunks. It was just brutal. So that's got to be addressed. They got to figure that out, whatever that's going. You know, the poor tackling, I think, is, is in part because they're bad athletes out there trying to make tackles and sworn sending their linebackers. And they're just not able to get to the tackles and be in position to make a good form tackle a lot of the times, right? If you're out of position, you're going to be grabbing at people and you're just going to get run through in the NFL. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's uh, the lack of discipline is just consistent and, and it shows up with, Super penalties. Pen- yeah, stupid, stupid penalties, all that kind of stuff. And that that starts again, that's a lot of coaching stuff that you got to get addressed. I mean, you can't when you're a bad team already, you can't compound it with making stupid mistakes, you know. That just makes it even even more of an issue. So they got a lot to work on. Um, and I think that they will get better because I also think that they're not, you know, this defense isn't the defense we're gonna see in February. And we've we've talked about this countless times if you've listened to our show we said that last year when when they were going on the run is that this isn't the team that's going to be playing you know come come the playoff time and I don't think this team is either defensively you know we've already seen offensively they made the move with Josh Corbin so we'll, we'll see what happens defensively I want to ask you about Chris Jones you mentioned him there when you were just talking where do, where do you think this goes from here because I see a lot of people clamoring that, that this experience needs to be over with they need to kick him back inside and let him do his thing because honestly other than the first game he's kind of just been out there he's gotten some pressures but he's not making those big disruptive plays one or two or three a game that we're used to him you know used to him making and also they're taking advantage of him a lot they're making him the backside read in a lot of plays that's essentially taking him out of the play and he's not the most natural player in space, so they can pick up a few yards mm-hmm. around the outside when they're doing that. And when he's backside and they go the other way, you know, he's essentially not involved in the play. Whereas we saw, even if he lines up as a backside three technique, he's still athletic enough to, you know, go underneath a guard, beat a reach blocker, come around and stop someone for a tackle. Now he's out there so far, he can't really make an impact on it. But for me, it's not as easy as everyone says just to move him back inside. And the reason for me to be saying that is who else do the Chiefs have at defensive end? You know, Frank Clark, there's no telling when he's going to be back. He's just started all his legal stuff. So basically right now we have Mike Dana. Josh Kando, he just got sent down – or they didn't get sent down. He got put on the practice squad. Alex Okafor, so that means Alex Okafor is pretty much all they got out there. Tershawn Wharton somewhat. No one's showing anything outside of Mike Dana. And Mike Dana is going to be a good rotational guy. He's going to be a good like role player guy for the Chiefs for a while. But they got to, you know, it's just a hard situation. But the reason for me it's not so easy to move Chris back to the inside is because he's lost weight. He's trimmed down. There's a – it may not seem like it, but when he plays around 295, 300, like we've seen him play most of his career, that extra 20 to 15 pounds can make a lot of difference, especially inside when you're taking on double team blocks all day. This is as skinny as I've ever seen him. And, you know, that's not – I don't think that's going to bode very well from moving him back inside. 
So I think they have to just – they got to find a way to be able to rotate him back inside. On rundowns, early downs, I think that, you know, they still might have him outside. But, man, on that third down, they got to find a way to isolate him on a guard. They got to find a way to get him one-on-one. They got to find a way to make sure the other team slides going the other way because that's where he can make his impact. Guys, if he can get one-on-one in that three technique, he's still going to be able to rush the passer. And to be honest with you, this week he actually had a decent amount of pressures. People haven't really talked, didn't talk about it because he didn't come home with a sack. But early in the game, they found ways to get him inside of that three tech, and he had a couple of pressures here and there. It just wasn't enough consistently for him to be able to like consistently work a move against a couple of guards and then set them up for something big late in the game. But it's not as easy as that. And I, I've said it on Twitter a couple of times, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to solve their edge problem this year. We knew they had questions coming in. They're just going to have to roll what they have. I don't see some big miraculous midseason trade or midseason acquisition that's going to really help them in that department. So they're just going to kind of have to roll with it. I think if Willie Gay comes back and can help the linebackers, that'll help a little bit. And I think that, you know, I still think that the secondary is trying to gel. You know, we saw Juan Thornhill come in a little bit more this game. He got beaten badly on a couple of plays this week, though. So maybe we can see some of that processing that might not quite be there. But then, I mean, you look over it, it seems like even Tyron Matthew can't make an impact. And I don't think that's out of, I don't think that's really his fault. I think he's playing out of position himself a little bit. They've playing him a lot of they've been playing him a lot of high safety, right? Yeah, they have. And I think that's just not a natural spot for him, right? So we need him to we need him to roam the field. He's got to be the right. guy you can put him in a different place every play and it keeps the defense on their toes because they have to account for him. When you put him back there as you know at a solitary position the whole game, that's not really his natural thing. And you can see some of that confusion. I'd say the only player on the defense this week that made any impact outside of Mike Dana was Legereus Sneed. He came through with a couple of big plays. These guys, he's just as good as he was last season. They're just kind of running him around in places where he's maybe not necessarily better off. But, you know, this offseason, it's too early to be talking about it, but they're going to have to uh, address the edge position. But I think there are quite a few good players coming out of the college this year that are make our, it's actually a pretty loaded edge class. So that should bode well in the Chiefs' favor. Yeah, and you know what? One of the things I always talk about is that one of the even maybe more importantly in my eyes is the thing that helps defensive line and edge rush is your secondary. You got to have good cover people, and right now they don't. Um, Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker have been okay at times, but then they man, you've seen them struggle. Mike Williams, going back to last week, just absolutely roasted Mike Hughes a couple times. You know, Devonta Smith just had a seven catch over 120 yard game on him. Um, and I can, I can tell you not a lot of us that that was on Legereus Sneed, right? So I think that if they can get the secondary stuff figured out, um, I think that'll help their, their pass rush a little bit. And I think a lot of that does come back to, you need to get Ward back in there. And I know as much as he has struggled, he's, he is better right now than Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker are. He is like, that's, he is. Maybe Rashad Fenton, whoever thought we'd be saying we miss Rashad Fenton right now. It's obvious his impact on the field versus the Chargers. He comes out, they say, we're picking on these guys all day now. Because at least Fenton, you know, he's a physical guy. He'll go out there. He might get called for holding their pass interference, but he's not going to give up a big play. Yeah. You know, and a lot of it too, and you think about when this defense has had success, it's when they have all three safeties in the game, when they had Thornhill and Matthew and and Sorensen, when they were playing really well. Well, Sorensen's decline and Juan Thornhill's on Spag's shit list, so he can't get back on the field. So 
you know, right now they're just lacking the, the secondary I played to, I think, to help the defensive line. So it's, it, it's a, it's a thing that, that man, it really plays off of each other. You know, the defensive line doesn't help the secondary very much. And the secondary is not helping the D line very much. And then teams, again, teams just know how to attack this, this defense at this time. And we saw it right in the Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl against the Bucs, their game plan was make them go in their base personnel, put the three linebackers on the field, get them in heavy sets, run play action and make their linebackers cover tight ends and running backs in space because they can't do it. And the Eagles just did it again, ton of RPOs, make the tight ends, you know, make them chase the tight ends, make them chase the running backs. Kenneth Gainwell for, for the Eagles had a huge game. He had like six or seven catches. And a lot of that is him just, you know, running little RPOs, running little speed outs. And, and, and he's running wide open. The um, uh, Eagles well, running backs each averaged over nine yards a catch yeah. for the game. And it was something close to 70 yards. That's a huge chunk of yards right there for, for right. who are yeah. running to account for at the backfield. That's absurd. absurd. You know, if Dorian, if Dorian O'Daniel comes in and looks good after all this time, I don't know what's going on. Right. Well, they said Ben Neiman was in concussion protocol, right? So I, I guess, I don't know. I think they said that he's okay now or he's going to be okay. So we'll see where, what his status is going into this bills game, but uh, anything else on the defense before we talk about the offense just a little bit, and then we'll move on to the bills game. They, uh, this week against the Bills, or I'm not, I guess we'll, we we talk about that here in a second, but I mean, the defense is kind of at a point coming up where if they can't figure it out in the next couple of weeks, they're going to have to start trying to just go for turnovers, sell out and go for turnovers whenever they can to try to help them because that would be kind of the only thing they can do at this point because they doesn't really look like they're able to put up much resistance for a Philadelphia offense that's not very great, not very good. And the Chiefs do have some good offenses coming up. Before we talk about the offense, though, I want to – bring up special teams real quick because I'm starting to get tired of some of the things I see on special teams. When you have Patrick Mahomes, there's no reason to ever take a kick out of the end zone. And likewise, when the defense is as bad as it is, you should just be, you should just kick it out of the end zone every single time and don't make things any harder on your defense or offense than they have to be at this current point in the situation. Because, you know, we saw Byron Pringle almost give one away and, you know, there were a couple of other penalties I just – the NFL doesn't want people to be running special teams plays because that's where all the big collisions happen. They're looking to throw the flag. I think the Chiefs have to change their special teams mentality to stop being as aggressive as they were early on because they don't need to be. Because that should segue us into the offense because the Chiefs' offense is lethal right now. They're incredibly lethal. Yeah, and, you know, to your point about the kick return stuff, there was somebody that was trying to make some weird point. I don't even know what they were trying to say that Byron Pringle and Clyde Edwards Alaire had more yards on the season than Travis Kelsey, but they were including Byron Pringle's kick return yardage. So I went and looked up like his kick return yard because our Arrowhead live site said something to him like, this is basically making no sense. What are you even trying to say right now? So I looked up Byron Pringle's return stats. He's 10th in the NFL with a 22.9 yard average. He's only one of two guys in the top 10 that have double-digit returns. Nobody else has double-digit returns. He's only one of three guys in the entire NFL that have double-digit returns, and he's still that bad. His long is only 33 yards. Right now, bringing the football out is doing nothing. If your long is only 33 and your average is 22.9, a lot of times you're going to be catching it near the goal line, so you're barely even getting to the 25 most of the time. That doesn't make any sense. 
Andy just put a put one on the ground with a fumble in this in this last week, but Jarek McKinnon recovered it. Like it makes no sense to like you said, makes zero sense to do it, and nothing good happens. Penalties, you know, we saw Chris Lambins jump off sides on a on a field goal block. That was which, it, yeah. Which would have pissed you know, me off. Me too. <laughs> like, what if that? What if they end up going for it and they get a touchdown or something? That's a different game, you know. It's like they didn't want to take the points off. They ended up, they did end up going for it or they got a first down or something. Can't even remember the sequence now, but it didn't end up hurting them in the long run. The field goal just stayed on there, but it gave them extra opportunity, right? That's the, that's just stuff that can't happen. All right. Especially when you're, when you're getting four or five roster spots just for special teams guys. So, and Chris Lambins was one of them and he's the one that jumped offside. You just can't have that. But 100%. you're right. Let's talk the offense. Let's let's change the tone of this this <laughs> podcast and start talking about the good stuff because there was a lot of good stuff on offense. There's been a lot of good stuff on offense all year. Their offense is just they're, they're the arguably the best in the NFL right now. Mahomes is incredible. He's completing 72% of his passes, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Alaire back-to-back 100-yard games. I mean, Tyreek went in off and did Tyreek things this last game, 11 catches, 187 yards, three touchdowns, just looked awesome. Um, and yet people are still mad that our wide receiver and wide receiver three, wide receiver two and three aren't getting enough catches. And we're just humming on offense, just scoring 42 points. We have seven possessions and score on six of them. And people are mad about the production from the wide receiver two and three. Dude, it's crazy. Ah. And people are people are even not happy with Clyde right now because he they go well he should be he's he averaged seven point three yards a carry he should be averaging ten or fifteen yards a carry because that totally that's totally that's totally normal it's normal for guys to go average seven point three yards a carry but you see he did he got one hundred and two yards on fourteen carries it doesn't take him twenty or twenty five yards now the Chiefs offensive line just dominated and been talking about that for a while now we're starting to kind of see how this offense is going to look because the Eagles, they did what everyone else did. They didn't want to play people up. They just said, we're going to play back and make the Chiefs run the football and work out so well for them because the Chiefs were just all, he said 200 rushing yards in this game. The Chiefs, who Patrick Mahomes also threw five touchdowns in this game. <laughs> if they're getting stuff like that, then we're going to be okay. The offense is just fine. But you know, like we said a couple of times before, Clyde edwards Lair, he is likely going to be the third option a lot of times because teams are going to be willing to gamble and let the Chiefs gash him for eight yards every run if it means not giving up the deep ball. But you saw late in the game, Philadelphia finally said, we just can't let this keep happening because this is like it won't, at some point it's going to get embarrassing in a football game. That You're going to have to step up in the box if someone's running on you like that. Very first play that Tyree Kill got single coverage. He absolutely burned his man. Dude turned his back on him, and Tyreek was in the end zone very late before you could even say it. Actually, this has got to be the most, this has got to be Mahomes and Hill's most quiet game ever. Because Hill's got three touchdowns, scored a long forty-four yarder. Starting to see some of that explosion coming back as you know you start to see some of the balance come back to the Chiefs' offense a little bit. But he also had one hundred and eighty-six yards receiving, a long eleven catches. At, that's the quietest five touchdown game of all time through the bad interception. He was trying to force it, but his passer rating was still like 131. He threw he threw six incompletions. That is stupid efficient right there. I don't know. I don't know what the EPA is. I don't know what that is. But if you told me he's going to throw 30 passes, complete 24 of them, and five of them are going to be touchdowns, I think anyone would take that. Chiefs offense right now, they're playing at a level 
I don't think we've seen since 2018. And honestly, it could be better right now than the 2018 offense was. Because in 2018, you know, they kind of came out and they just shell-shocked people at first with what they did. And now people know what they're going to do, and they're still able to do that. So, <laughs> yeah, this could very well be the best offense we've seen the Chiefs have with Mahomes, Pat. Mahomes, six incompletions, five touchdowns. That is that is unbelievable. Um, I, got a, I got a stat here for, for you that I think that you're really going to enjoy. So there's been nine running backs taken in the first round since 2017. So that's four years. There's been nine running backs. There's only one of those running backs that averages more yards per carry than the league average 4.2. You know who that running back is? It's our guy. It's our guy. Clyde <laughs> is the only running back of the first round running backs drafted since 2017 to average over the league average of 4.2 yards per carry. So I thought that was pretty interesting for everybody that's out there just thinking Clyde's a bust and everybody hating anything. And yeah, a lot, a lot of it is the old line, but Clyde is getting it going right now. He's seeing the, he's seeing the holes. He's, finishing runs he's breaking tackles he's looking good so and their their chemistry is getting better too you know no like you can have a good offensive line which the Chiefs have a good offensive line right now they're on the verge of being great they just have to clean up a few things to pass protection which isn't a big deal because the Chiefs do throw the ball pretty much more than a lot of the other teams in the NFL do and the Chiefs do have some very young players but when I when I talk about chemistry between the back between the backs Clyde and the offensive line I'm talking about Clyde is starting to figure out when he needs to make his cut and when he needs to go and when he just needs to hit it. He's starting to see that, and he's getting a feel for how those interior guys block. Because, you know, there wasn't a lot of running to the outside this game. It was all between Tooney, Creed, and Trey for most of the time. Yeah. And Clyde is able to sit there, and he can he, he does a good job. Honestly, it's a little a subtle thing people don't notice. He does a good job of setting up the blocks, too. He, it's like a little bit of that. Like how Le'Veon Bell used to do back in the day of the Steelers. I know it's not a popular name here but he could sit there and give you that little second of hesitation and let the offensive line clear out the space before he makes his cut up the field. I mean, people are saying, you know, he doesn't have these big runs. He had a 17 yard run. He had a couple of runs over 10 yards. I mean, I don't know. I think Clyde's biggest problem is his name isn't Kareem Hunt to a lot of people, but he's going to be just fine. And all of this is going to compound and this is going to all pay off later in the season for the chiefs. Even if, you know, the passing attack is always going to be the difference for them. Yeah, um, for sure. No, Clyde's Clyde's balling out. I uh, just got a thing come across my phone as we're recording this on Tuesday night. It says, Chiefs DM Frank Clark pleads not guilty Monday in Los Angeles to two counts of possession of an assault weapon. So I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll see how that ongoing thing plays out. We knew it was coming eventually, right? But... So that just came across. I guess we'll see see what happens here. So there's that. Anyways, offensively, back to that. So, yeah, no, the Chiefs offense is humming on all cylinders, and, and it's going to need to because this week, Sunday night football, they got the old Buffalo Bills coming to town, which is kind of turning into a little bit of an AFC rivalry, if you ask me, right? So Josh Allen and the Bills have been kind of uh, the up-and-coming team. They've been really – Playing well, the Chiefs obviously beat them in the AFC Championship game last year and really kind of dominated them. Um, but the, this Bills team so far this year, their defense has been on an absolute tear. They're they're per DVOA one of the better defenses um, ever recorded, 
actually the third best defense ever recorded per DVOA. Now their schedule <laughs> might have a little bit of something to do with that. They've played the likes of Tyler Hineke, Jacoby Brissett, um, Davis Mills, and I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, and Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. So, you know, he hasn't, they, they haven't really run the gauntlet, gauntlet of difficult offenses in the NFL, which I think has a little bit to do with that. Um, and in that same time, their offense has actually kind of struggled where in the last year, you know, we saw how the Bills offense was kind of this high flying offense that everybody is kind of uh, was scared of. So this is going to be a super interesting matchup because of kind of how both teams are playing. And it seems almost like something's got to give here. Um, I am extremely excited to see this on a Sunday night. So uh, just right away, what are, what are your thoughts here for this game coming up here? Well, last season, the Bills were one of the only team, the teams the Chiefs were actually able to out-physical from a physicality standpoint. And this is a Chiefs team that last year offensively was not very physical. They were really good at throwing the ball around, but they couldn't really do a whole lot of moving people across the line of scrimmage. This year, the Chiefs can do that. And, you know, I know Buffalo, they've added pieces across the board defensively. But like you said, they've played some teams that are just they're flat out bad. They've played some flat out bad offenses. The Bills are in a tough spot, though, because the Chiefs just came out and had a performance where their offensive line was nearly flawless in the run game the entire day, where Clyde edwards Lair looked like a monster, looked like a, a Pro Bowl caliber running back. And at the same time, Patrick Mahomes was so efficient that, you know, it was just mind-blowing to see him just complete passes at such a high rate for so many yards. And at the same time, Tyree, you know, Congratulations to the Eagles. They're the first team to shut down Travis Kelsey like that in a long time. But they gave up almost 200 yards receiving to Tyree Kill, and that ended up being the big difference in the game. This week, the Bills are in a tough spot because if they keep doing what everyone else does, I know they've added a few more pieces to their defensive line. Guess what? I think the Chiefs' offensive line straight up is better than the Bills' defensive line is right now. And if they want to keep dropping guys back and playing their linebackers close to 10 yards off the football, the Chiefs are going to have another heyday running the football. Now, if the Bills decide they want to try to stop the run somewhat, that's going to put him in another bad spot because now Kelsey, he, had, he didn't really eat a lot last week. You think maybe he's going to want to come play. You know, Andy does a good job in the big games. He gets Kelsey to hold the ball in the big games like this. He knows what the deal is. And they've also got to worry about Tyree Kill underneath and Tyree Kill deep because like we've been talking about the last few weeks and like they've shown, they're starting to distribute the ball to Tyreek a little bit more underneath. You're starting to see some more of these moderate, you know, moderate receptions, moderate yards. But like we saw this week, all it takes is one play, and he's going to outrun any angle. So offensively this week for the Chiefs, they might have to go score 40 to win, but that's easily something that they can go do. But So offensively, I'm going to be pretty optimistic about this week. I think the Chiefs put up a bunch of points. I think that it is going to be quite a shootout of a football game overall. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Buffalo decides to do defensively because when they played him twice last year, so they played him earlier in the regular season and then they played him in the AFC Championship. And the first time they played him, they kind of were content with just sitting back and saying, okay, Kansas City, we're daring you to run. We're going to let everything in front of us. And Kansas City did. They went out and they actually was probably one of their best running games all, uh, all year. You know, over 100-something yards on the ground, 150 yards on the ground. And they won the game pretty well. It was tremendous that game. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, in the JFC Championship game, it was a little different. They didn't 
the chief said, we're not going to just <laughs> turn around and hand the ball off every play. We're actually going to come out here and throw it a little bit. And if you remember, Mahomes was just, Mahomes was on to that game. I mean, he, he shrouded that defense. He was thrown between guys and zone coverage. You know, I can vividly remember hit, uh, Kelsey on a cross or a little pump fake, and then he puts it between two defenders and Kelsey catches it, you know, so I think offensively, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what Buffalo decides to come out and do if they try to play it straight up, if they're going to try to do what a lot of teams have been doing and just still staying content with keeping everything in front of them and putting an umbrella on this on the on the Chiefs offense and trying to keep everything in front like the Eagles did. But even that you see it doesn't work right the, the Chiefs still scored six of seven possessions in the last game to score 42 points. And if it weren't for turnovers in the last one, they would have done it the games before, you know? So they punted six times in four games. Right. Like there's been nothing that stopped the Chiefs offense this year, except for except for the Chiefs in the, in the turnovers. So if they don't turn over the ball, I would be very surprised if this Bills defense and it, they are a good defense. They've got some good pieces. They've they've got some rookies along the defensive front that are stepping up and playing well, Gregory Rousseau um and boogie basham and then they've got you know a couple second year players and aj epinesa who's been playing really well and providing some pass rush so you know that is going to help because i don't think that they had a very good pass rush last year in the afc championship game and, and that it really helped kansas city obviously with the, with their own line being the situation that it was so it'll be interesting to see if they can you know keep those guys um under locks don't let them get pressure on Mahomes. And we've seen the offensive line do a really nice job pretty much for the most part. There's been a few instances here and there, but they've, they've faced some, uh, some pretty decent pass rushers so far this year. Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa. Um, uh, Cox didn't Fletcher, do anything. I was just going to say Fletcher Cox, but he didn't really do too much. So, you know, they've, they've played some pretty good defensive linemen that they've come, done a pretty decent job against. So offensively, you know I think Hill's going to have another big game. And you know what else? If the Buffalo, you know, if they want to play their linebackers a little more tight inside, but still keep their guys, keep their secondary deep, that's going to leave flats on the outside open. And there's a guy that had a couple of big plays last year against them in the flats on the outside, who the Chiefs have been keeping, you know, kind of under wraps the last couple of weeks. But that's McCole Hardman. Buffalo last year, they really struggled to stop outside stuff. So this week could be a giant week, I think, for the Chiefs. As far as, you know, the little flip passes, the, you know, getting around the outside, you know, maybe some outside runs here and there. Maybe we see Jarek McKinnon get involved a little bit as well. That could definitely be something I think that could be opened up if the Chiefs want to go to it. Yeah, and I, I remember back to the AFC Championship game too, Tyreek just, just dominating. A lot of it was just quick RPO stuff. And he was just catching the ball and just, he's just flat out running dudes. Like he's just making huge plays after the catch. So I, I like Tyree to have another big game. We'll see what the Bills come out and decide to do defensively, but uh, I think that it would take a lot for them to slow this offense down. And then on the other side of the ball, it's another interesting kind of matchup where the Chiefs have, we know their defensive struggles. I just talked in, in nauseam about how the teams have been attacking them with the tight end and with the running backs and stuff. Well, that's not really generally the Bills' MO. They don't want to do their damage with the backs. They don't want to do the damage with the tight ends. They love to throw to the wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders is having a great year out of nowhere. Um, you know, they're a team that likes to push the ball down the field. And in the last few matchups, man, the chiefs lined up, they play bump and run man coverage. They get after the receivers. They've sent blitzes at Allen and they've made him feel really uncomfortable. Well, it was just cut Jalen Smith. 
Who did? The Cowboys. They cut Jalen Smith. What? The Cowboys. The da- surprise in season cut. The Dallas Cowboys just released linebacker Jalen Smith. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now that's a signing you make. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Holy cow. If they can get him for anything halfway decently priced at 100%, please. That oh. is an athletic guy that can run. Well, and that's just, uh, that's a result of them drafting Micah Parsons and Micah Parsons being an absolute dominant rookie linebacker already. Dude. Yeah. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans are like, well, how can he help? How can he not? How with well, as bad as the Chiefs' defense is, literally you can sign anyone to any position, and it can maybe help somewhat at this yeah. point. Which I know I said there, Jimmy, no big end season adjustment, big end season acquisition that could help. But you got to think, you know, if we can get someone in there with Willie Gay, you know, his status up in the air with his injury, with uh, you know Anthony Hitchens looking as terrible as he's ever looked, Nick Bolton still learning the game, and. Ben Neiman being Ben Neiman, you know, you got to think it could help somewhat, especially if the Chiefs are looking to play more base defense down the line. That could definitely help. But no, like you said, uh, like you said, you know, the the the, the Bills they want to throw the ball down the field. They don't want to, you know, they're not going to try to check it down. That's where they made their bread and butter at last year was letting Josh Allen rip it down the field. Now Josh Allen did struggle against the Chiefs a couple of times, and they found a couple of good ways to get into his head, not make him look as accurate. There was a couple of times when I think he was just blind throwing the ball in the AFC championship game, just trying to force stuff in there. So it'll be interesting to see right now this week, though, you almost have to think that is with the way the chiefs defense is looking that I feel like they're going to just kind of have to gamble for interceptions a little bit this week. I think they're going to have to try to go for the ball when they can. As bad as the secondaries look, you might as well just, you might as well dial up pressure. You might as well get LJ Sneed coming off the edge. You might as well look for some ways to, you know, generate some pressure with some blitzes. And if they can look to get a couple of turnovers here and there, the way the offense looks, you know, every of the, every one of those extra possessions counts. So, and you know what? If there were ever a week for the Chiefs defensive line to draw their line in the sand and for Chris Jones to say, all right, that's enough of us getting bullied around. That's enough of us not being able to generate any pressure. This would be the week because Chris Jones has had some big games for Buffalo in the past. He made their interior offensive line look foolish last year several times. So if they can find a way to get him isolated inside against some of those guys on third down, I think that could help tremendously. Absolutely. Um, and, and that is the other thing that the Bills, the Bills line has has struggled pretty, pretty badly at times this year. So if we can't get some pressure, man, oh man, we're we're in dire straits along the front. So uh, that'll be key though. Got to make Allen uncomfortable in the pockets. We saw, we saw a lot in the AFC championship game that they, they blitzed off the edges and kept him in the pocket. They blitzed with fast athletic guys and Snead and, and Tyron Matthew who had a couple sacks and had a couple pressures. So that's going to be key because Allen is, is big. He's athletic. He gets out of the pocket. He can make throws. You want to blitz him, keep him in the pocket and force him to sit there and make accurate throws under, under pressure is what you want to do. So it'll be interesting to see. I was just reading some stuff up on the Jalen Smith thing. A lot of people are saying he's been terrible. So that's pretty interesting that he's been really bad in space, tough in coverage. My thing is, is he can't be worse than Ben Neiman. So <laughs> might be worth a shot if you can sign him for cheap. Might be just a little injection of uh, energy too, to just, just to see if he's got anything, any juice left because he was pretty highly regarded coming out of Notre Dame before obviously his knee injury. And then even coming out, he was still taking pretty high. So 
be interesting to see what he does. If they should, I saw, I saw the main account just tweeted. They said if they can sign him for cheap, they should try simply because he's better than Ben Neiman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> that's what it is too. So, all right, let's uh, let's give our closing predictions here on this Bills Chiefs game, and then we'll get out of here. What are you thinking, man? I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I think that they're going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. I think they're going to score around 49. And I think that, you know, the Chiefs do have two talented guys in the secondary, Tyron Matthew and Legereus Sneed, who do have a nose for the football. I think we see those guys try to go for a couple of interceptions and succeed. So I'm going to go Chiefs win 49 to 35 over Buffalo this week. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, do you remember the Chiefs Rams points extravaganza from a few years ago? I'm saying yeah. we're getting that. I'm going to say 51, like 51-48 field goal difference, real close game. I'll take the Chiefs, but it is going to, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be one that's going to age me by about 40 years and take years off my life. Being up here in Western New York, all my f- friends being Bills fans, uh, can't wait to to talk some smack with these guys. Um, and uh We'll see how it goes. Chiefs have done uh, with the past few years, so I've had bragging rights the past few years. I want to keep that. It feels like when Andy Reid's got to drop an offense where he knows he's going to have to go out and score every possession, they usually end up doing pretty good no matter who they're playing. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I know Buffalo's getting a lot of hype on their defensive side of the ball, but they haven't seen this kind of a monster yet that they're about to see. They didn't even see it last year. No, exactly. So, all right, man, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and uh, what you're working on? You guys can find me, as always, on Twitter at CJ Scoobs. Um, I'm going to continue doing the offensive line film reviews. I'm going to continue grading out everyone. Um, just from rewatching the game without going through film, I can tell you pretty much that everyone, you know, it was close to a perfect game. I know Creed gave up the sack on the inside, which some people thought was Clyde Edwards, Hilaire fault, which if you know anything about football, if there's a nose tackle coming into the backfield and a running back is there to try to block him and something was horrendously messed up with the line of scrimmage, because no running back will ever get blamed in any film room ever for letting a nose tackle run through him when he's trying to run block him. Guy not running anyone's really been talking about, because I know it's been a big trio on the inside of Tooney, Creed, and Trey. Orlando Brown, we haven't heard his name in a couple of weeks, and that's because he's just been an island out there by himself. So I'm going to try to highlight his play a little bit, because he has looked at this is the best football he's played of his career. Lucas Niang, he's still he's struggling a little bit at times. But the thing I like about him is we see him struggle early. Sometimes he always ends up responding somehow, if not by, you know, going all out in the run game to end the game. But this week he really figured it out late in the game. because You know, after that first half, I don't remember Mahomes being touched in the second half, really. So there's always a lot of good things going on and that stuff. I'm looking forward to taking a look at it. And you can find me on Twitter at JDiz1617. Again, make sure you're liking, you're subscribing, and in the comments tell us who you think is going to win this game. And if it's the Bills, don't put your comment in there because I don't want to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. Still put it in there. We need it for the algorithm help. But uh, we appreciate everybody being here. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully after another Chiefs W. Thanks, everybody.